Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. We are going to continue in the series uh, Sailor, and uh, this is the final message in the summer series that we've been looking at together. The word sailor appears in the Psalms. It, uh, apparently, we, as we under, seem to understand that it, it, it's, a reflect, it's a term that means pause, um, stop, reflect, and um, possibly used in music. You'll find it in the Psalms, which are often uh, songs and poems, and you'll see it repeated in the Psalms. And uh, most Bible scholars seem to think that the translation and the way that it, it's sort of set, it, it has a feeling of a, um, a reflective point, a change of mood in the movement of the music or where the song is about to go and allow us to take a breath for the, the musicians and, and move to the next, maybe the crescendo or the next mood. I don't know what it might be. But we were looking at this and we have been looking at this, uh, taking this theme uh, of pause, stop, reflect. And during the summer months, um, we are able to either get away or do a staycation or a vacation with an opportunity to just do not too much and enjoy the weather. Uh, maybe you haven't, maybe you have, I don't know what it might be, and recuperate. And, and that's it's so important. And uh, that's so vital. But we've been sharing as a church about the vital need to restore the soul, your spirit, your soul, your life. And, uh, and so that's what we've been reflecting on. And uh, so today is a sort of a conclusion to that series. And I want to take up the theme of uh, rest, the theme of rest, and it's based on Psalm 61 verse, Psalm 62 verse 1. If you have a Bible, you might like to turn to it, and uh, I'm going to read a couple of verses from Psalm 62, and I'm reading from the NIV, and it reads like this, Psalm 62 verse 1, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, and I shall never be shaken. My soul finds rest, says the psalmist, in God alone. Finding rest in God. And just for a few moments, uh, we're going to just take an opportunity maybe to uh, reflect on that in, in, the, in the few brief moments that we have together. We are incredibly busy today. Uh, you, you probably don't mean, need me to tell you. You can be um, in retirement and be perhaps quite busy. I don't know. But uh, I find it today people are busy. They often say, ask a busy person to do something, and it's usually a busy person that will do something. Oh yeah, I'll do that. But I find that everybody seems to be busy today. Everyone I talk to, everyone, no matter whether you've got family, you're single, you're, whatever it might be, you've got children, you haven't got children, whatever it might be, um, we, we are incredibly busy. And um, seems to be coupled with that is uh, also we're busy in our lives, busy in family, busy in our leisure. You can, you can be busy in your leisure by the way. That's a busyness. It's interesting. Um, and uh, sort of what seems to go with that 
um, is um, a sense of being stressed. There's a real sense amongst lots of people that I talk to um, of, of feeling pretty stressed out. Uh, so the theme of rest, surely that must be music. <laughs> music to your, your my ears. Finding rest. I think there's something about, you know, the lowest sort of common denominator, the levelling factor for people in life, finding rest. And uh, I just want to talk about that for a few moments. And so then the psalmist says this, my soul finds rest in God alone. It's really interesting that God himself ordained rest. First thing I'd like to say is this, in the couple of moments that we do have, is that God ordains rest. Ordains, instituted, brought into being the place of rest. In fact, it's so much so that he made it holy. He sanctified it. He set it apart. A, a time to rest. So important is rest in the heartbeat and the mind of God. Um, if you have an opportunity at some point, uh, we might not turn to it at this moment, but in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, it says that God, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 to 3, it says there that God created, and there's a number of days, six days where he's creating, he's calling into being, light, darkness, light, life. You know, the seas, the, the rains, the, the vegetations, the mountains, you, the animals, you know, yeah, all different abundance, human beings. There's a, that God creates. And then it says there, verse 2 to 3, and on the seventh he rested, he rested and called it, called that, made that holy. In other words, the word holy means, literally means to set it apart. To, to, to set it apart, to say, and is sanctified and, 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 and put his hand upon and ordains, instituted a sense of, 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 of rest. And um, the, thing, the thing is this, and I've always struck me, is, is about God. You know, God is all-knowing, all-powerful, you know, um, all-seeing. Um, he does not run out of energy. You and I, run out of energy. We get to the end of our tether. God is omnipotent. He holds the entire universe and all time in his hand. He is. Jesus said, I am. I just am. It's incredible. And so he doesn't get to the end of his tether. So what is all this idea of rest? And the, the sense of rest is, it says that he, he ceased the busyness and the work. And at that point, surveyed, got amongst, and enjoyed his creation. In other words, enjoyed the relationship with the creation. That's the rest. I, I'm going to put to you this morning. Interestingly, uh, right about the time of Oliver Cromwell, in our nation, a, a, a group of theologians, the best in the land at the time, got together and they put together something called the Shorter Westminster Catechism. And they asked, what is the chief 
end of mankind? What's the point of man? And they said that, and they came to a conclusion looking at the scriptures, looking at from Genesis right the way through to Revelation, the best minds in the land at the time. They said this, and this is in the shorter Westminster Catechism. The answer is man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Human beings, we are to glorify God and enjoy the relationship. You know, our Christianity, to enjoy a relationship with the Creator. Wow. And that, 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 that is just so true. So God in, ordains, institutes rest, which is the ceasing of stressing and doing in the sense of I'm at the centre of all of this. But by putting God and our relationship with God at the centre of life, there comes this in relationship. And the enjoyment is that life begins to fit together. We enter the plan of God as we relate to God. We'll hear from God. We'll be in the right place of God. We'll meet the right person of God. We'll do the right job in God. Now, and this is, and we'll be at peace. So we do not have to wait until we're laid to rest to be at rest. We can enter a rest, the rest of God, right here, right now. And as a Christian, if you're a Christian, as someone who trusts your life to Jesus, then you have entered God's rest, but it's living it each day. So God in, in ordained this place, and, and, and it says in the book of Genesis that, that, that before the fall, that Adam and walked with God in the cool of the day. It was at the fall when God said, Adam, where are you? He was looking to relate. So the relationship got broken when human beings said, we're now going to be in control. I now know what to do. I'm going to have my life. I am God. I'm in control. Uh, so what happened is we, we, we come out of the rest. We come out of the relationship. And we begin to be get disjointed. And it was at that point at the fall that God says, your, your work by the sweat of your brow. And so we can be at work and we can, we can, we can, we can have the greatest leisure, leisure time and yet deep down in our heart life not be at peace, at rest. That's the rupture to the relationship. And um, Now, a man called Moses, several thousand years later, um, re reiterated that rest. In the Sabbath, Shabbat, Hebrew word, is the day of rest. And uh, as the centuries went by, the Jews had lots of do's and don'ts of what you did on that day that you were to relate to God. And it came to a point that Jesus then walked this earth and had lots of difficulties with the religious people of the day and it was lots of times it was over something called the Sabbath the day of rest and Jesus would say to them all the time you have lots of do's and don'ts of what you should and shouldn't do but uh, you need to relate you need to love God God love your heart uh, the, the, the day of rest the Sabbath is not you know is made that we might enjoy they didn't get that 
We come into the place of the, at the time of the cross where God sends his son Jesus into the world. And when God sends his son Jesus into this world, it's so that he might become the sacrifice. The, 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 law of the, 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 the sacrificial law meant that to have a relationship with God, there needed to be sacrifice. And at that time, there would be animal sacrifice. Uh, but Jesus came and sacrificed his very life that whoever believes and trusts in his name through faith might then enter rest and relationship with God. And so that Jesus then becomes our rest. Now, it's really interesting. At the cross, Jesus is our sacrifice, but he then ushers in to those of us that will come to him in faith a place of entering God's rest. Throughout the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 3, 4, and 5, note this down, because we haven't got time to refer to it in the few minutes that we have in front of us, but I'm basing this on Hebrews chapter 3, 4, and 5. Make a note of it. Go back and read Hebrews chapters 3, 4, and 5, and you will see that in that, 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 those verses, Paul is speaking of how Jesus is the great rest, and he gives a greater rest than anything that Moses and the sacrificial system could ever give. It's really important that you don't just take my word for it, but you'll be able to see that in Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapters 3, 4, and 5, we read that Jesus is the great rest because of his sacrifice. He's the restorer of relationship. No wonder Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Because he is the rest. Isn't it interesting? Jesus now says, we've come by the cross now. Come to him and he will give us rest. It's the, it's the same word. It's that same word. And it's where Paul is speaking in Hebrews that Jesus is the, now our rest. And so Jesus is, 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 is our rest. He restores a relationship with God the Father through Jesus the Son in the power of the person of the Holy Spirit. And, this is, and so rest is relationship restored. And so we enter our rest, our, our deep rest, not only when we, are, we rest from this earth in a knowledge of, of having a relationship with God, but we can enter that rest deep in your heart, right here, right now, because Jesus is alive forevermore, and he calls us to come to him, all of us who are weary and burdened, that we might find rest. Now, moving on. Our rest comes not just in a day, an observance of a day, even the most greatest and special of days or time set aside, but comes in a relationship with God through Jesus, God's Son, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to ask you today, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? You don't, don't answer me, do you? Are you sure? Do you have the assurance? I'm not trying to trip anybody up. I want to challenge my own heart. So you'll say to me, 
I'm a Christian, of course I do. So my next question is then, what are you doing about your relationship with Jesus? And, and, and then you'll say to me, well, I, I don't have to do, what do you mean doing? I'm not, I don't, what, what, what is Adrian Mancini doing about his relationship with his wife, Helen Mancini, who's just gone out into powerhouse? So, so what do I, my relationship with my wife, what do you do about your How beautiful it is that we now have, can have a relationship with God through Jesus' Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never come to a point in your life where you've said to God, forgive me for living for myself. You know, if we live our lives for ourselves without God, that is sin. If you live your life whereby you are in charge without God, that is sin. God calls us to come before him, repent, which says, forgive me. It's more than just saying, I'm sorry for living for me, but it's to do a U-turn in your life, an about turn. The word repent literally means, yes, it does carry a sense of sorry that I've lived my life my way, but I want to do an about turn of living my way to giving my life to you, God, that I might live for you and with you. That's called to repent. Have you done that <clears throat> this morning? Would you like to do that? Perhaps you would. Perhaps we have. And to enter into faith in entrusting his son, Jesus, giving our lives, saying, gee, I trust my life to you, Jesus. You paid the price. And we enter into God's rest. Third and final thing I want to say is this. There needs to be an intentional rhythm of relationship. We need to... We need to have, you and I, an intentional rhythm of relationship. I found as a Christian that my relation with Jesus, you know, please don't be shocked, ebbs and flows. It usually ebbs when I get distracted. It does. My, my, my relationship with my my. my, my so Helen and I have been married 35 years. The relationship can ebb when we get distracted. I find as a Christian, for many believers, our relationship ebbs when we get distracted by life, stuff, pain, busyness, whatever it might be. Uh, the mundane. I've just got used to all of this. You know, it's... It, I know our relationship with God is, is high, higher, I get that. Uh, but, you know, we can get um, distracted, can't we? And so it's interesting that Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. We have to be intentional. You and I have to be intentional about a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus, in other words. We, we have to, we, we've got to come to him again and again. Um, it, it, it's, it's amazing. He offers, Jesus offers us rest. In the midst of a storm, you can know a calm. In the midst of a storm. Why is it I've sat with people over the years who've lost their nearest and dearest 
and this, we're sitting by the bedside, they're sitting by the bedside, and, and yet they say, they can turn around and say to me, I've witnessed this, with, even with tears in their eyes, being upset at the loss of the loved one, and yet at the same time saying, I feel a peace and love of God. There is rest for your soul. There is peace in the midst of stress. In the midst of things falling around us, we can find that God begins to build us in our hearts and lives and our minds, <clears throat> in, our, in our mental distress, in our stress, in our anxiety, in our, in our depression, in our pain. God can build the heart, build your spirit, build your mind. E eternally, we will enter an eternal rest. So there is a rest where we will see Jesus face to face for, for all eternity. There is a time to come. There's a rest to come. That it, and yet there's a taste of that rest here on this earth. There is, we have a foretaste here and now. That's why it says in the, in the, New Testament, uh, the Old Testament, taste and see that God is good. We can taste of God. And so there is this coming to him. And so there needs to be in our hearts and lives a coming to him, uh, a rhythm of coming to God, of coming to Jesus, of coming to the Holy Spirit, of coming to him. And, and, and you'll find that there's an ebb and flow in that and an intentionality on your behalf and my behalf with God and Jesus. And that will come out personally and corporately. I say personally, that's between you and God. It's in your own life, it's at your own work, in your own home, in your own street, behind your own doors. That's between you and God. That's where 90 something, 95% of the time, you will spend the majority of your life in your world, in your space. No one else, apart from the people that you love or are near to you, will see. But it, that's between you. And so that's quite a big deal to be intentional about that because no one else sees. God sees. You know, no one in the church is going to be looking at you necessarily and saying, what are you doing? Oh, you haven't done. So intentionality, a finding a rhythm of that for you and I and, and coming back again and finding your pace. And so we've talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to go over it in great detail. But what works for me, coming and spending time with God, getting closer to him, wanting to hear his voice. There is a, an ebb and flow of that because I'm fallen human nature. And it says we see in part, we prophesy in part. We, we, we don't see the full picture in, the, in this earth. And so we will get distracted. I come back again. You know, I will hear all sorts of other voices, but I'll train my ear to hear his voice. I'll, I'll read, his, read, read the word. I'll have a, but I have a rhythm of reading God's word. I have a rhythm of speaking to God. I, we speak of co um, conversational prayer. I have a rhythm of that. I have to come back again and again. And, and I love you, Lord. And, and, and I'm, I want to honour you. you know, forgive me when, when my, my heart has been so weak. And, and so there's this, I build a, a coming back and forth, a conversing, a reading his word. My own personal, your own life. Do you know what that's called? Your discipleship. That's you and your walk, following Jesus. But it's beautiful because as you relate, you're, you're not following a plan as in a plan. You're not following like you've got to do and mustn't, and mustn't do. When you read the, the, word, the word, it points to the living word, Jesus. The written word points to the living word. The living word, Jesus is saying to you, come to me. 
all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Your heart's desire, your soul will rest. Your mind will be at peace. It's not a case of, oh, okay, sarah, sarah, what will be, will be. What God wills will be in your life. Wow! Your heart will line up, your mind, your body, your spirit. It comes out of relationship. Oh, my word, how beautiful is that? But that is a relational rhythm. I view now my praying, my reading, part of relational rhythm. It's not that I have to do a devotional, I have to do prayers. I've got to do... It's about relational rhythm with Jesus. And as I relate, I rest. I rest. It's trusting the Holy Spirit, person of the Holy Spirit, as I'm reading, as I'm speaking, and coming back again, and trusting him with my life, saying, Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus said I go to be with the Father, but I send another counsellor, comforter, the Holy Spirit to be with you and in you. So it's trusting him, trusting him, again and again and again. My word, he promises rest. Personal, finally, corporate. You know, Jesus spoke about, I will build my church, the ecclesia. The word there, church, is ecclesia. It means called together and gathered ones. So Jesus promises to build his called together, gathered ones. Called together, that's you and I, called out of this world, together, corporate. And so there's something about majority of your time and discipleship is personal. That's why it can be hard at times. A percentage of that is corporate. The ecclesia, like this is what we're doing now. We're ecclesia, gathered together, right? We're gathered ones. There's lots of people saying this part of it doesn't work anymore. This part we haven't got time for. It doesn't work on Sundays. There's lots of, even in the, even in the progressive, the so-called progressive church as would, would, do, would say, try this, try that. But the ecclesia, the gathering, it's interesting that in, in the early, early church, it's not that you have to have a day of rest, but the early church had personal relationship, corporate relationship, Early church modelled personal, most of the time in their own lives, but then also an ecclesia coming out. Why? Because that encourages and challenges and encourages and inspires one another as we relate to God together. And we see this in the early church. It says, now, in in the early church, it didn't say that they met on the Sabbath or they practised the Sabbath, but this is what it does say. It says, John said this, on the Lord's day, I saw the Lord. Revelation chapter one, uh, Revelation one, verse ten. John said, on, "I was in the spirit on the Lord's day." Interesting, interesting. Paul says in Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse two, um, pull together or draw together a sum of money in keeping with your income um, and gather it together um, on the first day of the week. That's an interesting one. So it looks as if in the early church, they gathered corporately, they called it Lord's Day, and it was on the first day of the week. It was the day that they celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. Friday, Saturday, he rose Sunday. The, the, the sun came in from the Julian calendar, the Roman god of the sun, sun but now it was the son of God in the, the, the whole of the universe. And that became the first day. And it was a day of corporate enjoying the presence of God. Interesting. It's sort of going out of vogue 
but it's just as much part of the plan of you finding a sense of rest, encouraging one another and coming before God together. So, the psalmist says, my soul finds rest in God alone. And it's in God, through his son Jesus, that we enter his soul rest. Not only for today, but for the whole of eternity. Let's pray together. The worship team are going to come and we'll... If the worship team could come, that'd be great. Thank you. It's amazing that this morning, the whole morning, and we've been led in a giving our hearts to Jesus. Pastor Andrew led us about giving the whole soul. My heart will say no other way than Jesus. And our worship, our time together, the words that were shared this morning were about trusting God, coming before God, submitting to him, yielding to his plan, knowing that his plan is all about love, love for you and love for me. How amazing is that? So I don't need to comment anymore on that. Let's we stand together as we do that and we come to him. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let's do that together this morning as we close. And maybe in your heart and life, maybe in order for you to restore relationship... No, I'll backtrack a bit. I think for some of us as Christians, you may need a restoration in relationship with Jesus. And in order to restore that relationship, because you got a bit sidetracked, perhaps, it's a realignment of the heart. And that's for you and I. It's not for me to say. For someone this morning, or some of us, it may be for the very first time, the giving of our lives to God. And to say to Jesus... Forgive me, I give my life to you. Whatever it might be this morning, let's do that, shall we? Let's intentionally come to him, give him our hearts, and come back again and again. And you know what? We'll find that the relationship is renewed, reinvigorated, refreshed, restored, and that your soul will find rest. Mighty God, Heavenly Father, receive our hearts this morning. We come before you, the living God. A Father who cares, for God so loves the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Rest. Thank you, Jesus, that we may know that as a future to come where we'll see you face to face in all eternity. And yet we may taste that right here and right now, that we may enter your rest. Oh, my Lord, receive our hearts. And I pray for anyone this morning that's struggling. I, I, just, I just feel for anyone in your work that is putting extra pressure on you this morning. I, I just pray for anyone this morning who's your work life, um, where, where it's either management or work. Uh, it doesn't matter. It seems in this age in which we live that more pressure seems to be coming. I, I just pray that you might find your peace of God. In the midst of your struggle, whoever you are, and some of you this morning, that you might find the rest of God 
in the midst, as you, as you come to Jesus, as you pour your heart out to him, that Jesus will walk with you and walk through your challenge at work. I pray, Jesus, that you'll walk through and with that person and those persons with their challenge right now, that they might come through. You, we, you promised the great shepherd that you would take us to good pasture. So take them to that place of rest, Lord Jesus, I pray. I pray for the person this morning where the doctor has said, you know, you've got to live with this. Or, 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 or the, the news is such that it's, it's causing now great anxiety in your health. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you will take that person by the hand and you will walk with them in the midst of the shadow that has come upon that person's life. Right now, Lord, please, that as you walk and hold their hand, that they will find a place of rest. I want you to see Jesus walking with you, whoever you are this morning. And there's a shadow over, because the doctor has said, this, can't, this is what we, we can only do. This can't be done. But I just pray, you'll, as you put your hand in Jesus' hand, he'll walk with you. He doesn't walk ahead. But when the sheep hurt, he comes and walks beside and lifts us up. When things are going okay in life, he walks ahead, leads the way. But when there's a challenge in our lives, get the picture, he comes from the front and walks beside May they're all around this auditorium be Jesus. Will you begin to start to walk beside individuals as we're putting our trust in you for family, home, life, work, future, mental health, finance, whatever it might be. Jesus, my whole eternity. Take our hearts, Father, as we give you our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray.